Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Dan, I want to see if you I, I know. Let's freaking go. The gang's back together. All three of us are here. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory. I'm John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. All that good stuff. We have the man, Mitch Sorensen at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? You went in a different order. I wasn't ready. But what's up? How's it going, guys? Good. You gotta wake up. You're you're working those long days, that 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 treacherous three-day work week. I don't want to hear it's it. It's a anymore. rough life I live. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. And then his triumphant return. It's like the rock, Dan. Finally, Dan has come back to Dynasty oh. Theory. Dan Lamagna at FF Coach Dan. What's up, Dan? Boys, I miss you, man. And I, I'll bring the spice tonight. Don't worry if Mitch needs to, you know, relax a little bit, kick his feet up tonight. I, I'm ready to bring it. You know, it was a long season, guys. That extra extended season, that extra week into the season, the long playoffs, the body got worn down, you know, and, and the brain especially was on DFS overloaded. So I just needed to refresh, see the trainers, the Dynasty Theory Athletic Training Team, refresh, and I'm ready to lock and load now. So let's do it. Well, our health benefits aren't too great here through dynasty theory llc but it's good to have you back and i, I was hoping that that rant you, you were so upset with the super bowl you I said was. coaching poor coaching right poor coaching. it was a close game so we all like that you know it went down we, we had a watch to the end close game but it was poor coaching i mean for the rams to keep a minute with the two turnovers beckham gets hurt vanilla running game running up the middle and then cincinnati says nope 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 we we're going to find a way to lose here. $48 million Joe Mixon on the bench there on two key third down third and ones. And then you, you might've caught at the beginning of the show, my rant where again, came in with a good game plan. I watched Donald be double and triple team, but the last game play fourth and one, there's no tomorrow. We're just going to put P Ryan out in a route who shouldn't be in there. Try to block Donald one-on-one. -on -one, and obviously we saw how that worked out. Very disappointing. It worked out very well clearly. for the Rams. But let's get back into Dynasty Focus. I am, like, Mitch, I don't think you're as excited as I am. But the fact that the DFS season is over, and I know a lot of people love DFS. Dan loves DFS. I get it. But now it's it's full Dynasty Focus from everybody. Yeah, And then there's people, there's people that we'll see, you know, they disappear and we'll see them again in six months. Yeah, it's for the next six, seven months, like you said, it's purely dynasty until august and it's a beautiful time we have the combine hitting we have so many different things that are going to be adjusting players values and you know today we're going to hit what happened during the playoffs but after this it's jb's favorite time of year spreadsheet football hey spreadsheet football started about november already for me That's true. i was going in there looking at the rookie data and had to revise it several times because i was actually pulling the data in before the college season even ended so I was like, oh, oh got to adjust this guy, got to adjust this guy. But Mitch, like you said, we do want to talk about a little recap of the playoffs and the way we're going to look at this and the spin we're going to put on it. We always talk about perceived value. It's one of my buzzwords. If we were playing a drinking game and the listeners had to drink every time I say the word perceived, I don't think anybody would be sober after about 15 minutes. But we talk about perceived value, and even though there were no dynasty fantasy implications with the playoffs, there are shifts in value. And I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. I want to focus on that because, like you said, Mitch, after this week and Q1 
keep in mind, every Tuesday night, every Tuesday, we're back. All right. And then on the Patreon every Friday, I'll be spitting on an episode uh, talking about, uh, you know, values, of course, but also uh, market inefficiencies and ways to take advantage. That's going to be on the Patreon every Friday. Mitch, you'll be jumping on every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Dan, it's during the day. And I know you're a busy man. You're a busy man. I'm 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 gonna you know pick up some slack there with some uh, dysfunctional rankings coming out soon, but I'm gonna save that for the final thoughts. Okay, okay, we, let's not jump the gun. But anyway, so before we get into free agency, the combine, uh, the NFL draft, and all that good stuff, talking about the playoffs, what we saw from several players, and Dan, you kind of touched on on touched on it already. But the Rams, that vanilla run game that we saw pretty much throughout the entire playoffs. Mitch, I want to I want to throw it over to you first because your player, it, it directly ties in with a player that saw a drop in value as the playoffs progressed from that bland vanilla run game in Los Angeles. None other than Cam Akers. Yeah, so last going into this offseason, and in August, all the redraft guys were really huge on Akers getting a lot of them were saying the most attempts in the league, right? And a lot of that came because in the playoffs, in just the two games, he had like 220 yards rushing. He had a couple scores. And so you could see that they're building into something. But you look at this offseason, I think they played four games. He had like 172 rushing yards and no touchdowns. And when you just see that in the back of everyone's mind, it's going to be, I don't know if he's going to come back. So in that, just like you said, the perceived value, I think there's going to be a lot more people who are going to drop him down their rankings than are actually going to just hold him still. I'm leaving him right where he is. I'm not touching him. I think it was more of a product of how the plays were being called than his, than what he was doing by himself. But I think in the dynasty landscape itself, his value dropped quite a bit. I think he could have been, with a decent playoff run, he would have been a second round pick. Now I think he's going to be late third, fourth round in a 12 team startup right now. All right. There's a lot to unpack there and digest. Where did you have him? And you say you didn't move him much, if at all. So what are we looking at across the running back landscape? Maybe even in terms of startup values. Well, John, since you made my tears all pretty, I could pull this up now because like it looks beautiful now. But I had him closer to J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, right in that tier, to where now I think a lot of people are probably going to drop him below Dobbins. I think Dobbins is going to go ahead of him in most situations. I think Gibson's going to go ahead of most situations. I think we could see Joe Mixon going really close to him, to where I don't think that would have been the case a month ago. It's funny, and, and Dan, I'll kick it over to you here shortly, but it's funny that you said you haven't moved Cam Akers, Mitch. I was obviously a little bit lower on him to begin with. I haven't really moved most of my running backs throughout the last several weeks. But those players you mentioned, J.K. Dobbins, and I think this goes with just my love for J.K. Dobbins. You I'm have a, a lot Dob- of love for J.K. Dobbins. I'm a big Dobbins guy. And if you remember going into his rookie campaign, he was a guy that I liked pre-NFL draft post NFL draft and I had Dobbins significantly higher, you know, two tiers, Antonio Gibson, higher Mixon higher. But I think what we're going to see with cam Akers 
It is an overcorrection. As soon as we found out he was coming back, man, this guy is a monster. Return to play in what? Less than seven months? A torn Achilles? You don't hear this. You don't see this with running backs. It was a death sentence previously for running backs, especially running backs. But now he's coming back. People are like, oh, he's a top five running back. The value is there if you wanted to cash out. But now I think his, va- his uh, value is so fragile because of that injury, because of that Achilles injury. He he was a little, you know, underwhelming throughout the playoffs. And if people were like, okay, I'm going to fade him because of the injury, this is their validation. This is them saying, hey, I was right. Look at the way he performed. Look at that run game. Cam Akers, there's no explosion there. So like you said, Mitch, it's perfect because it's going to be in the back of everybody's minds for the next six and a half, seven months. So I, I think I think you're right. There is a significant drop from what we saw when he first returned you know, to play. But I, I, I think where he is now is where he should have been previously. So I think it's an overcorrection to to right the ship, if you will. Dan- Didn't he disappoint you guys though? Like I'd be one, of, I'm one of those players right now that it is in my mind. And I was really hoping it would correct itself a little more in the Super Bowl. I'm thinking, you know what? He came back from that injury. He was kind of thrown into the wolves. I know there was a little uh, shoulder injury in the NFC championship game, but he had an extra week of rest. And all of a sudden, man, it's the Daryl Henderson show. And I'm like, this is the biggest game of the year. And then now the Rams, you know, they're going to have to replace a left tackle, which is a, a big loss. You know, they don't have the draft capital. I mean, I'm, I have some concerns about the Rams uh, and Akers moving forward. Uh, you know, I just watch him run into the line, say he doesn't even have the burst. Man, there was no vision in that game. Like, I would have loved to see him try to bounce something. I just, I was underwhelmed. But do you think we saw any explosion from Daryl Henderson throughout the playoffs? About- he just came back from injury too, and they threw him out to the wolves. Like I, I'm not, I'm really not sure what the Rams, where the Rams. Then what about Sony Michelle? That run game was atrocious throughout the playoffs. It was bad. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm not saying. Uh, listen, I'm not sitting here defending and trying to make excuses for Cam Akers by any means. Again, I think his value is accurately reflected as it stands today. So I, I do think if if you were stuck with a share and for some reason you didn't capitalize and maximize that potential return that we saw as soon as he came back. If you sold at face value today, I think you're still getting a fine return, especially if you acquired him after that Achilles injury. You know, you bought low. I, th- I think you still get a profit here. I agree. I, I, I can see that. And we know the Rams are invested in them. I, I just think we kind of know the Rams at this point. So I'm just capping a little bit of upside because, I mean, I still have those flashbacks to the end of last year. We were high on him, and I just – I'm not seeing that, so I'm concerned. But good points. I, I don't disagree. Mitch, 12-team super flex, Cam Akers or Zach Wilson? Oh, that's tough when you're doing the quarterback. I'll go Zach Wilson. Uh, well, re- there was one episode we did a long good time job. ago, and I gave you guys a rapid fire, uh-huh. and you were like, JB, these are freaking awful. Because <laughs> you were just I like, remember those. boom, boom, yeah, boom, they boom, were boom. Bad. Uh, Josh in the chat, not sure Emmett Smith could have gained any yards the way the teams, the way the Rams executed those run plays in the Super Bowl. Emmett would have bounced a couple, Josh. I know I'm a Homer <laughs> Cowboy fan, but he would have bounced a couple of them and try to make something happen. All right. So Mitch is going Zach Wilson. One more cross positional. 
Dan, are you going to go Kirk Cousins or Cam Akers, 12-team Superflex? God, I like Mitch's upside better. I like his, but I'm still going to go with Kirk Cousins. I'd rather invest the, the Superflex quarterback with stability versus the question mark platoon running back. So I think we're talking about like early fifth round startup ADP. He's going way before that still, I think. I Who think is? he'll end up going before that. Yeah. The face you made, Mitch, I agree with that face. You yeah. know, I had a little throw up in my mouth when <laughs> I said like, Kirk wait. Cousins over Cam Akers. Yeah, but I just, right. I know the value of the two quarterbacks in the Superflex. Yeah. So. But, but what do I say? What is always my rant with ADP? It just takes one person. Yep. That's why I think Akers not- is going to end up going higher than Cousins. Right. And I, I can see that. Yep. But and we always go back to, well, it's different in existing leagues. Mm-hmm. That's where it's going to be interesting. I think that, when you look I at it that way, agree. it's kind of like that that fifth round. Uh, Dan, one more for you now. We're going to go running back. David Montgomery or Cam Akers? Monty, baby. I like Monte. Hopefully with some coaching changes, it gets a little better too. Mitch, Derek Henry or Cam Akers? If you remember, just, a few, just a, a few days he's ago. A, that's not even fair, JB. You know he's a Henry hater. Wait, Dan messages me after the show on Friday. Oh, no. and this was a really quick turnaround for us. We did last week's show on Friday, this week's show tonight, obviously on Tuesday. And and Dan messages me, what what is what is Mitch doing? What what is he talking about? He wouldn't move a sec an early second for Derrick Henry. Oh, it hurt me, Mitch. I I had a, I fell out of my chair. I had to message John right away. I, I was I was all this combobulated. I get it. I just don't think you're gonna get a first for Henry. I just and if you do, you trade a first for Henry. He's not going to move off your roster, in my opinion. Like, he's just there. But the, but Our, my, I wasn't there to counter on that last episode. Yeah. But why do you want to move him? We always talk about three-year windows in Dynasty. We're not looking five years down the road. Like, I'm just going to ride Henry till he dies and give me a chance to win a championship this year. I'll roll the dice on not getting that second-round pick. Probably Henry, six months then. I, I think Henry's got at least two good seasons. in him. He's just not your normal running back. All right, back to the matter at hand, gentlemen. Back to the matter Mm -hmm. at hand. So, Dan, would you go Derrick Henry over Cam Akers today? I still go with King Henry. And to Jeffrey's point in the chat with Monty and and to we were talking about Akers earlier, when Akers first came back this postseason, I would not take Monty before Akers. The coach of me, I enjoy watching Monty run, even though the Bears' offense had issues. So I'm with Monty right now and Derrick Henry. All right, Mitch, one more since Derrick Henry was too easy. Josh Jacobs or Cam Akers? Oh, Cam Akers. Jacobs isn't even in the discussion with Akers. Okay. But again, let me say what I was doing. I'm looking at my tiers. Exclusive bonus content over on the Dynasty Theory Patreon. Five bucks a month. Rest of February is free. Sign up. Free. Get a refund. Test it out. You'll love it. The proper uh, question you should have asked me is Kenneth Walker or Cam Akers. Jesus Christ, get out of here. Because so, but, I Cam Akers. <laughs> but I'm looking. Let me let me clarify why I'm throwing these running backs and quarterbacks at you. That set of running backs, Henry Montgomery, Jacobs, Etienne, Spiller, I have right below Cam Akers in a tier. Hmm. You should have Walker above them. I'm out. I'm with JB in that tier. I, I like how you put that. And I, I think that's that's pretty accurate. And Josh Jacobs, I want to say, I, I am Las Vegas is one of those teams I'm a little bit more intrigued with Josh McDaniels and Lombardi as their offensive coordinator. All right, one wide receiver for each of you very quickly. Cam Akers or Terry McLaurin, Dan? I'll build around the wide receiver and the youth and McLaurin. Hopefully youth. he gets the quarterback. He's like 38 by now, isn't he's he? He's not that old. Terry McLaurin actually just got his AARP card last week. <laughs> Mitch, Mitch, 
a little bit younger, a little bit. Deontay Johnson or Cam Akers? Last, last rapid fire question. Oh, Cam Akers. You know I don't want Deontay Johnson anymore. Okay, so it sounds like from all of that, while his value may have dropped, you still might be on the side to acquire Cam Akers. We then. all know how stubborn I am when it comes to these things. So it's probably no. by a fault more than anything. I know. Surprising. <laughs> I know. But I, I think that's fair. Again, these are guys that I have just a tier below, but that's where we talk, talk about the market inefficiencies. And it went from Cam Akers up to top five because he, he's a, a Greek god coming back from the Achilles. Achilles, Greek god. Was Achilles Greek? John's bad jokes have not left us. <laughs> They're still here. I'm in back. Anyway, we could spend all night on Cam Akers. It's been 17 minutes. We're through one, one player. There's going to be a four-hour extravaganza. All right, Dan, a player that you think lost value throughout the playoffs. Give a little more of an in-depth look at one of them. We'll kind of break it down, and then you can rattle through the rest. So my focus tonight was on the quarterback position. I, I kind of had a feeling my boy Mitch would go the acres route there, and, and with good reason. So I look at the quarterback position. Man, JB, you're making me pick one here. I mean, I, I have three guys definitely, and one that I just think lost some shine. All right, but, you screw it. Throw all of them at us. Let's go. I appreciate it. And then you can pick one, JB, for me. I'll, I'll, I'll alley-oop it to you here. But when I watch the playoffs, and I love the playoffs because, you know, where I'm high maintenance and still in DFS mode, and it's like the, you know, the greatest time ever, and you're already looking at rookies, I'm still scouting for next year. And Ryan Tannehill – Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray, I do not believe they all underperformed. And it wasn't because of a lack of pass protection. It wasn't because of, of you know, weapon issues. You know, you maybe say, hey, Tannehill didn't have the most explosive weapons around him and could use receiver help. But he still had A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry back, and they were rolling and, and they were protecting them. The decisions that these quarterbacks made really, you know, it for me took Tannehill from that kind of underrated tier of quarterbacks to down a few notches because I'm questioning him a bit Jalen Hurts I'm questioning whether he could really throw the ball in the NFL and if this is going to work long term and Kyler Murray man his just body language and just like it's the same story year after year of him just kind of fizzling out um I'm not feeling it I think all those guys dropped in value and they all that all they will all be reflected in my rankings and I think it's going to be reflected in a lot of people's rankings. And it's funny because, you know, just my quick thoughts on uh, Tannehill. I'm with you. We talked about him on Friday for a second. I told Mitch, I don't want to talk about Ryan Tannehill. Uh, somebody that I have rostered on a ton of my teams because of the price point that he was going in startups, the cost to acquire in existing leagues. So I was so frustrated with him, not just looking at him in the playoffs, hoping for that spike in value. But I do think a lot of people just fed up with him. From a fantasy standpoint, uh, uh, JC in the chat, good call, Dan. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I actually, I don't want to say, I have not done a 180. I have not done a 180, but maybe like a, a little bit of like a 45 degree angle coming back a little bit. All right. So far from a 180, but somebody that, like, do we think there is anything to these reports? And a lot of people, like Albert Breer's coming out saying, the Eagles are going to be a heavy hitter and really try to land a quarterback a couple, couple weeks ago. And again, that's just Albert Breer's opinion. That's one person's opinion. But a couple weeks ago, it sounded like we had the full stamp of approval. Jalen hurts is our guy. We have the first round picks. Let's build around him. So there's a question there, but I, 
I think Jalen hurts his, his value. I think it's still ice, or, uh, insulated for the most part, Dan. So that's when I don't know if it's dropped that much. But the last one that you mentioned, Kyler Murray, I this is going to kill one of my trade negotiations. I guaranteed I'm, I'm in the middle of talks right now to acquire Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, two guys that have seemingly have fizzled a little bit. I'm going out and acquiring them if I can. And I think their overall price has dropped a little bit, those two quarterbacks. Hey, they could both run. You know, there's still value. They're both, I believe, going to be the starters next year. I'm not really buying Albert Breer's takes. Who knows? But, you know, Hurts opened that window to have that conversation and add some media hype up until draft day, without a doubt. But when I'm when I when it comes time for whether it's startups or trade talks, and we're looking at our tiers, where they were before the playoffs to where they are now is different. You know, Jalen Hurts faced some good coaching there in Tampa Bay, and they knew, hey, we're gonna make the Eagles beat us in the passing game, and they couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And I'm just not optimistic he could grow that much and uh, be the answer to the question there. And it's the same thing with Kyler Murray, who whether it's health or attitude or performance, it's an 0 for three, man. All right, Mitch, Jalen Hurts, I want your thoughts here. Tell me when to stop. Tell me which of these quarterbacks, and we did this on Friday, and mm-hmm. I liked it. It was quick. It was quick. Which of these quarterbacks you would take Jalen Hurts over, okay? Okay. Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Dak, Lamar, Kyler, Burrow, Stafford, Fields, Lance, Russ, Lawrence, Deshaun Watson. Interesting case there. Roll the dice on Watson. You go, okay. Rodgers. You would take Rodgers over Hertz, okay? Yep. Tua. Yep. Kirk Cousins. Sorry, Tua. So I have him in a tier above Tua, Cousins, and Wentz. Okay. I fair. really should drop Wentz down. I just have. I, I was just gonna say, I yeah. Wentz should not be there, but Wentz yeah. is even worse. Yeah. All right. So you I, you know, him and Zach Wilson. I see they both have that same. Who knows what's going to happen next year? Both have good upside. Both have dust downside to where you could get nothing for him at the end of next year. So that's kind of how I see him. The risk is certainly there. Um, looking at Kyler, Dan, would you have, would you prefer Trey Lance or Kyler? And that's a question from Jeff in the chat. I like, I've, I'm still high on Lance from last year. You know, it, again, it took him longer to develop. And I think that made sense. Like, I loved Lance next year, last year. He just never got the opportunity. It was Jimmy Garoppolo's gig. This year, I believe he is going to get the opportunity and be the man. I do believe in his future, so I would take Trey Lance. I do not. No, believe. no, come on. Let's put it this way: if 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 it's Lance to me and it's Murray or Lance, maybe I should rephrase this. I would take Murray based on value, but I would rather you take Murray, make some kind of trade, and and settle at Lance a little bit later and take the value. He's going to be a better NFL quarterback. It is Kyler, so Kyler Murray's. It- the coach of me, I can't take it. You know, I'm a coach <laughs> at heart. His attitude is terrible. And he's not performing either. Maybe he's New Coppicans perf- wasn't there, but. He's not performing. He averaged 22 points per game in 2021. As many as Patrick When the going Mahomes. was good. When the going was good. When the going was good. He didn't need it to be good to still have a fantasy production on a weekly basis. I think Trey Lance is going to pass out Kyler Murray is what I'm saying. He's another running quarterback. He's with a better organization, with better talent around him. He's a, he's a good kid. Kyler Murray, I'm telling you, in time, I believe Trey Lance will be better. That's that's my bold prediction here tonight on Dynasty Theory. It's not that bold. 
it, and that's what look at that. There, what, I got support. You too, Mitch. Okay, so I'm not Trey Lance over him, but I will say with Kyler Murray, this has happened with every year of his career. He starts out hot, at the end it fizzles down. It's happened every single year so far. See, but but you have a bad taste in your mouth because of the way the Cardinals perform at the end of the season. As does his dynasty value because he doesn't perform at the end of the season. So Dan and I both have someone written down on someone we believe his value has gone up, right? That we're going to talk about soon. Kyler Murray is not going to go above him in 90% of leagues, I don't think. And so that means Kyler Murray is going to drop. And I could see Kyler Murray going closer to Trevor Lawrence than he is closer to going to Lamar Jackson now. No, no. We're going to do a startup. Here, this is for you, JB. I'm holding the red flag for you. We're going to do a startup, and you know where Kyler Murray's going to go. And I'm going to be like, bye, thank you. I don't want him on my roster anyway. I will try to get a Trey Lance. So, so hold on. John, who's going to go first in a startup, Dak or Kyler? I mean, Dak? People are down on Dak, too. But who's going to go first in a startup now? I think Kyler would still go first today. No. Okay. Before I, Dak. I, I, this, I need, I need to see Dallas This isn't going to work, then. I want to go more names. I, I like Dak, but I need to see Dallas shore up the O-line and, and know but what they're doing at wide receiver. What about receiver. Arizona's O-line? But, again, the 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 rushing upside of these quarterbacks yeah, and their escapability, it, you're able to alleviate the, those those concerns and those issues. It's not like you have a statuesque quarterback behind a horrid offensive line. And I don't I don't even like Kyler Murray. How am I the one taking a stand to defend him and talk some te- sense into anybody here? God, I don't that, even that, know if anybody's listening right now. JB, that 13-point week 14, that 12-point week 15 when it counted most for us in Dynasty, and Kyler was eh. and And our question is looking at the playoffs where it got even... Listen, I, I do not disagree. And I actually, I, I put together a little list on my own, just several names, just the first thing that popped in my head. Kyler Murray is somebody who I do think his value dropped. I, I, I do think that. Little Johnny's behaving better than him. Your son is behaving better than Kyler Murray right now. And they're the same height, coincidentally. But you're telling me there was no way in hell, Mitch. And you're looking up something like... <laughs> You're going crazy over there, but there is no way you take part in a startup today that Kyler Murray is closer to Trevor Lawrence in startup ADP compared to Lamar Jackson. There's no way. Why? I I don't know. Okay. In my opinion, my opinion. Okay. I take Mahomes over him. I take Allen over him. I take Herbert over him. Yep. No questions asked. I take Lamar. I take Dak. I take who we're going to bring up in the future, Joe Burrow. Okay. Exactly the same as Mitch. And it's Fields and Lawrence. Wait, you're going to take Fields and Lawrence? No, I'm just saying that's where I see Kyler now. So I see him closer to Fields than I do to Lamar. I don't think that's crazy. Wait, we're we're switching up. So I thought you saw him closer to Lawrence than... Yeah. And then you just said Fields. So which one is it? Well, they're in that tier. Fields and Lawrence are right together for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not disagreeing there. I thought like, you just yelled at me for that. I did yell at you, but still, if you were in a startup, mm-hmm. if Lamar Jackson goes quarterback five, Kyler Murray's six or four, even 
I don't think so. I think he's going to be closer to 10, and then Fields will go right after him. All right, well, then, we'll then, go right after I, I, I do I, think he goes higher where GBJB has him. Someone's going to take him, Mitch. Uh, well, then I, I, think- I, I have a mission here. I have a personal goal that I have to do, you know, throughout the rest of this week. Go out, MFL, it rolled over today. I have to go out and acquire some Kyler Murray. He's seventh in my dynasty rankings right now, but I don't want him even though he's seventh. So if I get if, if my draft lands there, I'm going to try to trade out of it. Who do you have Let's, eighth? It depends how – my rankings are a little fluid, but the names I have there are Aaron Rodgers, Russ Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. Hmm. Pretty close to Lawrence. Right after I, him. I could see that. That's fair. Rodgers is ancient, so I'm not saying I would draft him. I'm just looking at production and, you know, assuming he's going to give a couple, few more years. Well, I feel a sneeze coming on here. <laughs> this is I'm allergic to all your bullshit. <laughs> I caught myself. I caught myself. Listen. Let's see, hey, we got I, more names to go over right, here. Real we quick. Real quick. Over. In my tiers, I have Kyler with Dak, Lamar, and Burrow. And then um, the tier following, I have Stafford, Fields, Lance, Russ, and Lawrence. So I'm not saying Lawrence is like quarterback 30 and, and Kyler is, you know, quarterback one. But he is still going to be going closer. He's still going to be that first-round startup ADP. You know, uh, JC says, I'm with Dan. Hope someone takes Kyler so I can grab Fields or Lawrence. And that's always the conversation where would you pr- not would you prefer a player straight up, but do you prefer them at their value? Because then you could pivot off of them and acquire. And if that's the goal, fine. But I just I want to make sure nobody's taking Trey Lance over Kyler Murray. We have to right the wrongs here, guys. That's fair. All right, Mitch, who rose in value for you? I don't even know where you are now. <laughs> Let's go with Joe Burrow. We're on the quarterbacks now, so we might as well talk. Yeah, about Yeah, Mitch. Okay. So, I mean, before he started, I thought he was very firmly in the same as Justin Fields. I mean, that's just where he was. And Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Matthew Stafford, he was just right there with those guys, right? I think after what we've seen in the playoffs and the hype he's going to get, there's going to be one person that ends up taking him closer to quarterback four than they do quarterback seven. So that means I see him going over Lamar. In a lot of cases, I see him going over Dak in a lot of cases. I definitely see him going over Kyler in a lot of cases. It's just there's going to be someone that buys into that hype to where it's going to be really hard to ever get him. Like if you're at pick 108 now, I think it's going to be extremely hard to get him in a startup. Yeah, I, I might be that guy too. It was a year ago that I took Justin Herbert before Kyler Murray, before you know Dak Prescott, even my boy, and people were yelling at me in our Champions League. I think Gerald Burrow's kind of close to that. The only, I mean, Cincinnati, I hope they fix that O-line in the offseason. I'll be watching it closely, but I, I agree. Look what he did in the postseason despite an average O-line, despite mm-hmm. an average head coach. All right, they performed. He's a talented, talented kid. But should Joe Burrow's value have risen because of what he did in the playoffs? Five passing touchdowns in four games. Yes, because he's tied to Jamar Chase. And what Jamar Chase can do every single week, there's not a lot of people on the planet that can do the same thing. I mean, he might be the only one, to be honest. He's that good of a wide receiver. And I never gave him the credit. Like, I always had him as wide receiver one as a rookie, right? I didn't think he would be the best wide receiver in football right now. And he is. For me... I think what he did against the Ravens and Chiefs those last two games of the season, I think that bumped him up 
even a little bit higher than his value would be today. I actually see, I think over the grand scheme of things, looking at it, Joe Burrow's value has risen significantly. And now we're talking about him in kind of that second tier, you know, maybe behind Mahomes, Allen and Herbert. Mm-hmm. But then if you want to take him four through seven, great. I have no issue there, but I think it actually would have, he would have been more of a lock for that four or five spot. If we saw a little bit more out of him in the playoffs. So I think the grand scheme of things last six weeks, sure. His value has risen, but you know, like you're seeing what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There, there was so much hype, but I, I think he did rise with all that Cincinnati hype, Cinderella story, underdog team coming from behind down 14 points. I think there's enough hype to carry him in there to your point, JB, if the production was more, it'd be locked. It'd be locked. So maybe it's yeah. not, you know, everybody's going to be there, but uh, I think as Mitch said, there'll be somebody, there's going to be people that are going to take them. are just going to believe like I said, I might be one of them where I'm putting them closer to Herbert and really love his, his upside potential. Now, would you capitalize on the hype here? I know we talked about Kyler. Like I said, for Kyler, I'm, I'm looking to acquire if you have Joe Burrow on your roster, would you look to capitalize and maximize that value? Uh, we have a question. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Uh, Hell State. What needs added to Kyler for Joe Burrow? I wouldn't add anything. I agree. I think you just, you. hopefully uh, the person you're trading wants Kyler. Here's what you do. Yourself, Burrow. Here's what you do. You pull up John's tears or my tears. Doesn't matter, right? You offer Murray and higgins for or sorry like murray and Devonte smith for higgins and burrow right so you don't try to trade the one for one because the person's going to sniff that out you try to do the two for two and hope they end up liking that wide receiver a little bit more than the one you're trying to grab off their team because if you go one for one it's going to be extremely hard to get it done anytime i'm going to tell you right now anytime somebody comes at me like let's say Mitch, you offer me Murray for Burrow. Mm-hmm. I clearly know the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. You prefer Burrow to, to Kyler. So why would I not think you're willing to add anything? Even if it's a third or it'll, give me a late second, I'll kick back a late third, something like that. I know there's that wiggle room because you clearly prefer him. Am I going to be able to price gouge you and get, you know, to uh, a little bit of a hyperbole, get Cam Akers thrown in? No. Absolutely not. So you gave the listeners good advice there, JB. If you do like Burrow and you want to move Murray, you need to ask for something more. Don't show your hand that you want Joey Burrow more. Try to get an upgrade on your roster somewhere else, hoping that person's saying, hey, I'd rather have Kyler. So there's an opportunity for you to get more and still be happy with Joe Burrow. But you don't want to go overboard. You don't want to, like I said, that Cam Akers in that situation. You're going to have them walk away from the negotiation instantly. Yeah, that's why you mix and match. Mix and match. All right. See, I think that's an opportunity. Like, especially the way I'm looking at those two. If I have Burrow, and I do believe that there there still is hype, despite what I said, five touchdowns in four games throughout the playoffs. There's enough going on with Kyler Murray deleting everything on social media, having to do with the Cardinals. People, the reports coming out that he pulled himself out of that last minute of the, the game. He says, I'm not going back in there. The, the seemingly childish behavior. I think if I had Burrow, I could get Kyler Plus. I, I think that could happen. And I think that's an opportunity that I would look to explore personally because I still have Kyler. And I mentioned Lamar Jackson, obviously not walking away from his team and, and wiping everything off of his social media. But still, I think people were down on Lamar a little bit and kind of forget that ceiling that he has offered whenever he was healthy. So that's, you know, 
something I'm looking at. Dan, who's somebody that rose for you in value? I like stacks. You know, I like stacks. So we talked about Burrow. I like that you mentioned Higgins. I love to to put those together. Mitch has Kyler in the Discord. (laughs) In the chat, TJ says with a little devil uh, uh, emoji, Mitch has Kyler in our Discord league. Well, you're going to be getting some interesting offers this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Let's throw up some trade talk this week. That's good. All right, That's Dan. Good. Sorry to interrupt. No, all good. Hey, love stacks. I think Burrow, we, we all agree with, but it was kind of the obvious ones. I, I think as you look at the postseason, T. Higgins really rose for me. I mean, a little bit into the season. Uh, but to me, I think Jamar Chase is the obvious one. T. Higgins is not. I really love what I saw out of T. Higgins uh, this year. I think there's a lot more splash weeks from him. I think Joey Burrow's really good at utilizing that number two and getting production out of him. So uh, he's a guy that really solidified himself for me at wide receiver. And then the other stack, I really love what I saw out of Buffalo. I know it's not a surprise. Josh Allen's not a guy that is rising a lot because he was already elite, but he did pass Patrick Mahomes for me. I just really still high on Buffalo and his elite play. Not and, just you, I, I, yeah. across the board, I believe he has solidified himself as the overall number one quarterback and number one super flex asset. So I, I don't think you're on an island there. The, the postseason really did it for me. You know, his play and his maturity, you know, even the way, like the, the two years before his, I talk about Kyler's body language, Josh Allen pouted a lot towards the end of those games, spiking the ball, throwing a ball at a player. This year, man, he was just poised and just, I just really think he took such a huge leap and to build on that theme of stacks, Gabe Davis, man, you know, enough Manny Sanders. It's time. I still love digs. Don't get me wrong. I, I think there's a lot left in digs tank, but Gabe Davis is talent, man. He's with 22 years old and you know, he's probably gonna be 23 next year. He's so young and talented. I think he's going to continue to rise. When we were initially going to do the show, what was it? Two weeks ago, Mitch. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got hit and I was put on the COVID list, Gabriel Davis would have been the talk of the town, right? Yeah. Four touchdown game. Everybody. We actually saw folks move 2023 first round picks Mm -hmm. for Gabriel Davis on multiple occasions. Is that the norm? Absolutely not. We have a fairly large sample size across all of our portfolios, but we did see it from time to time. And it, it blew my mind. It really did. And I, I like the players that really that all of you, you know, both of you guys mentioned all the, the entire list. Let me know if you agree with this. So again, I was just kind of rattling off names on my end, but not so much based on his play in their lone playoff game, but based on Mike McDaniels coming over based on, it seems like I'm looking at Mitch's face. That's why I kind of paused. Well, you said Mike, Mike McDaniels. So I was just running in my head if that was proper or not. Wait, no. What am I saying? What are, what you, are saying? you saying there? Because you're, you're, you're switching teams play? on us here right no, now. McDaniels. You're going to Miami here. Are you going to Miami on us? No, I'm going to the – did I do it? Oh, my God. I was confused because you said McDaniels and you said Mike. I'm like, well, John will Gosh. get mad at me if I say that. Holy cow. What? in the playoffs. Listen, <laughs> we got Ken Dorsey right now in Buffalo. Are you, are you just, still on the Buffalo? Listen, <laughs> just wipe all of that. Josh McDaniels out in Las Josh Vegas. Davis. I almost said Oakland. Holy crap. But Derek Carr, it sounds like he might have mm-hmm. the buy-in and support. Finally, John Gruden didn't really want to commit. He never really wanted to uh, throw that glowing endorsement at Carr. So I think he's somebody that could have risen in value overall, kind of solidifying himself. Maybe that 
18, 19 range, which is certainly higher than it was even mid-season. Car know, nobody wants to ever... What was that? Car or Cousins? I'll take Cousins still. It's close to the same tier, though? I right, don't ne- right next to each other for me. That's how I see it. I'm going to watch their off-seasons and see who... See how it evolves for each ball club. Now, now John Gruden started to come around on Carr. Uh, you know, it's just and was a is a was a real good offensive coach. Now, Basachi kept it together, especially with Rugs leaving, so that was impressive. I do like the the, the coaching hires. So, I, I, but I still kind of remain the same on Carr. It's really of you know what talents around them. What does it look like from a fantasy perspective? How so are they going to run that offense? For me, it's it's the perception that maybe he's going to get a little bit more support internally that's maybe why he's again you look at his lone playoff game for the raiders not the dolphins mcdaniel mcdaniels i i told i yelled at mitch i said listen you're gonna annoy me when you, you screw this up and i'm sitting here doing it hey definitely <sighs> definitely more stability jb to your point there i mean this coach is all in right out of the gates with Carr, and they're not coming from that gruden where you know he wants a new toy every other week i don't think john gruden was a good organizational you know team builder and there definitely was a split between him and the front office i think now there's they're they've stabilized in las vegas looking at my list for risers uh, i you know not significantly because of where he was already but josh allen solidifying himself i think matthew stafford just you know winning a super yeah. bowl everybody seems to like matthew stafford so i, I think that's reflected in his, uh, you know, even if it's a slight rise, Gabriel Davis, I had on my list, uh, Cooper Cup, despite what he, despite what he did with that fantastic regular season, if if you were in trade talks, people were still, and part of it is, you know, ah, he's he's getting he's old, you know, I know he had a fantastic season, but given me for a discount, I, I know it's a little gamesmanship. But I do think the postseason kind of solidified him despite his age as a top five wide receiver asset because as silly as it sounds, a lot of people wouldn't have put him there. For me, he's wide receiver three now. He's right after Jefferson. He's after Chase. And he's alone for number three. There's not one wide receiver I could think I would even put close to him. So there's a big gap for me from wide receiver three to wide receiver four. And I think that presents a good pivot opportunity. If You personally, Mitch, if you have an A.J. Brown, if you have a C.D. Lamb, if you have a Jalen Waddell, uh, even D.J. Moore, Tyreek Hill, D.K. Metcalf, I think that's an opportunity to maybe maximize value and get a, a Give it a return. month. Give it a month. Let the hype die a little bit. That's fine. But I yeah. think if you wanted to do it today, that could take place. Yeah. We could see that. I had a name on here going with Buffalo, but I actually I think people are still thinking they attack this position in the draft. Devin Singletary, I actually don't think he's risen in value. I'm thinking about it and talking about yes, it. Yes, for me, but he hasn't for anybody else. <laughs> well, but that's the perceived value here. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, okay. Uh, and then players that dropped in value. This is just, man, this was the low-hanging fruit that you guys didn't want to grab, but Odell Beckham. No, that's not he, fair. I, I know, that's why I said the low-hanging <laughs> fruit. Uh... He, he was like, he was playing well. I know, Mitch. You were kind of like, eh, I don't. I think he's kind of dust. That's your go-to word. That was but a while ago. Was, I've changed. Yeah, you've changed. You just said how stubborn you are, and you are. But Odell Beckham, like he played. He was playing so well. Talking about uh, going back to the Rams, possibly if if they would have him and take a discount, not not you know 
not try to price gouge and shop around in free agency. And now he's a 29 year old receiver that is probably going to miss most of 2022. Right. Would you, now, I'm going to flip. Would you take a third round pick for him? No. Okay. I did decline that in a league. No, I wouldn't take a third. Uh, looking here. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh... Mm, I would take an early third. <laughs> <laughs> in in super flex and tight end premium, I would take an early third. I, you're you're pretty much missing an entire season now for a wide receiver that's going to be 30 years old. And two more that I want to bring up. I can't believe you guys didn't bring this up. Clyde Edwards oh. Alaire. See, for but, me, he sucked before, so it doesn't matter now. <laughs> but but think what about what do you do with them? Like he and I know, I know there are folks, especially in our Discord, Kev. This is a shout out to you, brother. That would they would take a bullet for Clyde Edwards Alaire, <laughs> and they talk about you know his injury and and playing through it. Maybe he wasn't a hundred percent, or at least what we were seeing as, as fans. But it was not promising what we saw, and I actually made a move two weeks ago. I moved Edwards Alaire, twelve team super flex tight end premium. Edwards Alaire for Chase Edmonds in 203. And I felt good with that return. Yeah. Nice. I did. Dan, Clyde Edwards Alaire or Leonard Fournette? Uncle Lenny, baby. See, that's where I am. I'm a, I'm a believer. <laughs> I, I don't think you're going to be alone there. I don't like. I really think CH is closer to AJ Dillon as far as dynasty value now. Yeah. I, oh, have... I, I, I have them in the same tier. I, yeah. I agree with. We're all on the same page there. I have CEH right after Fournette and Michael Carter and right before A.J. Dillon, so he is in that tier, Mitch. Same here. And the last group that I think took a a complete hit, and I'm not even saying this to get a jab in, I promise you, Dan, the entire Dallas Cowboys organization. Think about it. C.D. Lamb, all all that talk, well, he's top three, now he might be top five, now is he top eight? I don't know. Dak Prescott, because of these other quarterbacks at, at the higher end there, does he drop a little bit? Zeke, take him out to pasture. People are done with him. Tony Pollard, I know he, what is, people act like Tony Pollard is still a 21-year-old running back. He's going to be, what, 25? Mm-hmm. So it's Here. almost that time for him where uh, he's going to be done. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Amari Cooper, what's happening with him? I you, I think you could get Amari Cooper for an early second in some situations if a team is not, if they don't think they're contending. Do you know who I'll disagree with, though? Michael Gallup. Why? Because he'll no longer be on the Cowboys. He won't be there. He is actually becoming one of my highest rostered players. I think he's going to have a, make an impact and have a significant role in another offense. But Dan, do you want to rebuttal there? Again, uh, this is just based on what we are seeing, the perceived value. You look at uh, trade conversations. You look at different trade polls on Twitter and the Discord, wherever. You look at trade calculators or charts or whatever you want to talk about. Cowboys are coming down, and you have to you have to realize that, right? I believe it is very correctable, and I think you really have to watch what they do at left guard and center. I cannot tell you how atrocious those two positions are on that offensive line. Like they just did not. They thought they had it fixed, and they did not. They rotated that left guard position all year. They never got stabilized between Connor McGovern and and, and Williams. They're terrible. They they are just awful. So if they could fix those two positions, 
Zeke and Pollard, I like them both. I think it's good to have two running backs in the NFL. If that offense is firing at all cylinders, with which if they fix the O-line, it has the capability of doing. The question is, what does Jerry do with that wide receiver situation? I'm a little nervous that they try to settle and say, hey, because Jerry did this once before when they only had, who was it? Was it like they had Dez and nobody else? Um, they, they went with like one receiver and they never had a two. They've, they've tried to make it with average receivers before. Were those hoping, like the, the Miles Austin days? Or, yeah. I'm hoping they've learned they from that. For Mike Williams. That was an excellent trade. You mean uh, not Mike Williams? Um, Roy, 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 Williams. Roy Williams. Roy Williams. Roy Williams. Yeah. Like I'm hoping they learned from the past. Like just get Amari Cooper the darn ball. Find a ways to get C.D. Lamb the darn ball. Again, they've got to fix the O-line. I like Amari Cooper, whether he's with Dallas or with somebody else. Again, he's a little bit too worried about his swag on Instagram right now, so I'm not. I'm a little upset with my boy, but I, I wouldn't panic like you are, J.B. Watch and see what they do with that O-line first. Well, then let me ask you. Oh. Looking at the wide receivers, I, I would. I have to believe that you have Amari Cooper still close to wide receiver 12, right? He is number 12. Okay then you need to be at 100% roster ship over the next week because there's no way you don't even have to pay wide receiver 12 price to acquire him. I, I really believe that you get him for 201, 202, somewhere around there. I know I'm I, probably close to 90% roster ship as it is, but I, I, will, know, I, know. I will try to get it to hundred for you, JB in the next week. I'll see what I could do, but I don't have him at wide receiver 12. I, there are, Let's see, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Like 16 is fair for me. So I don't, we're not, you know, we're, we're in the same ballpark, but we're in different sections. Okay. It's fair. It's fair. There, there's, some, there's some guys I could definitely see. Like if, again, it's a little bit me just half glass full, like in Amari, like in the Cowboys, but there's a couple guys I could easily put over them. But I think from a perceived value standpoint, the way the playoffs progressed didn't progress. Didn't help any too much for the Cowboys, but it, it did. Uh, it did hurt their value. Any other players that you guys just want to throw out before we wrap this up tonight? You nailed all of mine. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes lost a little bit of lust. I just throw that out there and I still love him, and I still love the Kansas city offense and I'm still going to draft him really high. But there's something fundamentally wrong there. We've seen it just too many times where they have been outcoached and the, the offense just disappears. He played bad against, against Buffalo. Like, I mean, literally in the second half, literally just played bad. So, and it, we've seen that more than once from him. Or versus the Bengals, sorry. Versus the Bengals in the I second I was going to say 75% completion percentage, almost 400 mm -hmm. yards, three touchdowns, no picks. If that's yeah. bad... Sign me up. I'll take bad. First half was good. The, the volume is still there. So I, I'm not going to get away from a team with that much volume. And, and the kid is still talented. I'm not saying he, he sucks by any means, but he can be stopped. He's there's, there is some issues. I, I hope he gets better in the off season. I hope they improve the wide receivers situation. I hope they can make some adjustments in the offense. But again, I think that it has more to do with Josh Allen. Just as well. playing out of his mind than anything Patrick Mahomes did, I think. But, it, you know, his last game, 53 passing yards in the Pro Bowl. That is embarrassing. <laughs> 53 passing yards. All right, Brett says in a 12-team super flex, full PPR, 0.25 PPC, start 12. So a little deeper rosters. Justin Jefferson or Javante Williams and Hollywood Brown? Jefferson. 
I'll take Justin Jefferson. Same. Especially with these reports from very credible sources. Yeah, all right. That Hollywood Brown is calling it quits. Give me a Twitch streamer. Yeah. Makes a whole lot of sense. Jefferson's elite, man. Of sense. Elite. Final thoughts. Dan, bring us home, baby. Oh, You're back. These... Final thoughts. You, it's been two months, I think. It has been a stretch. It feels it's so good to be months. back here tonight and, and back to it. Final thoughts. As we look at the, you know, we prepare for the dynasty season. We looked at the postseason. We had a nice breakdown tonight. You know how much I look at coaching and organizational impact. I'm going to be watching coaching interviews soon, but how it impacts dynasty value. So I will be releasing the rankings for our Patreons in the near future here and doing a probably a two-part podcast around it there. And Time so, out, Dan. Dan I, I yes. got it. <laughs> what? Did I say it wrong again? It is on the Patreon. It is for our patrons. Okay, what JB said. So (laughs) what JB said, two podcasts coming up in the very near future here. I've got my team dysfunction tiers and rankings set. Going to look at the coaching stability. That's been updated. Look a little bit at the coaching culture. Brief 2021 summary. I added some more facts from last season. A little bit of a look ahead looking at the first round picks that the teams have and then taking a little dynasty spin in, in a startup trade outlook. So I've expanded the dysfunctional rankings this year. and I'm excited to, to dive into the teams a little bit more and how it impacts dynasty football. It's the best time of the year. We made it. We made it. Mitch, what do you got for our listeners here? All right. So I know a lot of people that listen to the show. They're like the full-time guys, right? Or gals, whoever listens to it. But I would say 90% of your dynasty leagues are dead right now. And people will not start coming back until the NFL combine starts. And that's what people will start to care. So as dynasty managers, we should start caring now. So for instance, there was, I'm completely okay with saying this, John, you brought up Rashad white in the discord this week. I pay attention to as much as I possibly can. I love PAC 12 football. I didn't know who Rashad White was until you mentioned him. And I brought you, him up. We, I brought him up in November too. I was just gonna, there. I was just gonna <laughs> say you brought him up in November, and I wasn't even paying attention then. So there's players that you could put in all the time in the world and still not know who they are. Think of the managers who don't put any time in and find out. That's how you stay ahead of the game. Is even though there's might be some that you don't know. But now I do know him because I'm paying attention to the Discord. And so now, hopefully, I'll learn more from all the fabulous people that are in the Discord. And then I'll know more names and I'll get even better. That's like the whole point of all of this, right? I love it. And I just want to intervene. You guys will be proud of me. I still have a ton of film to watch. But that Arizona running back, Arizona State running back, is on my top 40 list here of the first 40 guys I've got to review this offseason. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting ready to dive in there and – I, I know you guys are like rookie nuts when it's still postseason, and I'm like, guys, come on, the season's not over yet. So, good I mention. even took a page out of your book, Dan, and I I have notes from some film study. Yes, and you know, know, I'm I'm sitting there in my my film room grinding the tape. <laughs> I have it on an old projector or YouTube, either one. All right, are we want to sh- thank every. What was that? What was that? Are you sure you're not mixing that with Rocky when they you know they were watching the projector with Mickey or is this never mind? 
Why don't you eat lightning and crap thunder rock? All right. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. If you need more content and you do, you need more dynasty theory content, check out the Patreon five bucks months month. It's free for the rest of February. You'll get a refund instantly. Hit us up for the Discord link if you're looking for more in-depth conversations. We have a lot of fun in there, and we talk a little bit about football. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll catch everybody next week. Peace.